It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm absolutely thrilled to be reunited with my friend from, I think we started networking, gosh, over 12 years ago, according to my email records over here. And it's, I'm thrilled to bring Gail Nixick here on the program. Gail, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So, Gail, you do some very, very interesting work, and we're going to share it with our listeners. Um, so I know you are with a fantastic organization called Elder Works. If you don't mind, uh, kick us off by sharing the history and the mission of the organization. Absolutely. So Elder Works started in 2012. Uh, we're a not-for-profit and have helped uh, thousands of adults and seniors age well. And our role is really to be provide uh, advocacy, education, and any type of senior living coordination. And we're a complimentary service to families. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that incredible, incredible work. And so definitely along those lines, perfect segue is you offer a variety of services. You just started alluding to some of it. Um, and of course, we'll send people over to your website. But let's talk a little bit more detail. What kind of services are you providing to the general public? So the services we provide are resources for any type of care options in the Chicago and outlying area. And that could be support groups, that could be doctors, that could be benefits, that could be information on transportation. It's really tools for individuals so they can make an informed decision, whether it be today, down the road, or sometime, you know, in the future. Whatever will really help them age well in their home safely or transition to a community. Wow. Important work indeed. So what are some of the most important issues that are concerning families and their elderly loved ones? I know everybody listening, uh, certainly so many people can relate. Um, what, are, what are the things that you're seeing and hearing over at ElderWorks? So unfortunately, uh, with the pandemic, it really hasn't been very uh, a good uh, spot for individuals who have been isolated for those two and a half years or so. We found people were declining and then they could not get the services they needed because of the isolation. Or sometimes they, the families were living elsewhere and they still couldn't see their loved one and help them with the resources. So we're trying to get them back uh, out there, um, engaged in whether it be senior centers, adult daycare, uh, any type of services out there to help them age well can, and again, thrive in their home or perhaps move them to a community. That's what every family member wants. And so I know you are very passionate about what you do and you communicate that with, frankly, everybody that you talk to. I remember that uh, over the past number of years. And I know that you go to a lot of expos, um, but recently you were at the Aging Better Expo. Um, For those that are not familiar with this important expo uh, with uh, so many important organizations like ElderWorks, tell us a little bit about what that expo is all about and, you know, with some of the some of the, the data about the people that came. 
Yes, uh, so we started to promote that months ago. Um, and we were thrilled that we're back in person once again. So we had about 105 different sponsors, and those services included anything from um, transportation, Medicare, elder law, uh, living at home uh, gracefully with the services you can adapt to make your home for someone who wants to age in place. Uh, so all of those important things that, again, they can utilize right now or sometime in the future. Uh, we had seniors and families and other professionals attending in probably in excess of close to 500 people. Uh, that were interested in hearing about the services and were anxious to get back out there and talk to all the different uh, sponsors. Oh, wow. Amazing. So I know one of the best kept secrets, and you know this is just for our best friends here on Get Down to Business that we're sharing this with, is that you have a large resource guide from Elderworks that people can get online, or some people still like it as a hard copy book. What is that guide called, and what does it have that would help our listeners? Yes, uh, sure. The Senior Resource Directory is a very comprehensive uh, directory of services throughout the state of Illinois. It's separated by county, so it's easy to access. Again, finding out information on benefits, services, support groups, anything that would help them get that information that they can utilize. And if they're aging in place or they're interested in considering uh, home care, independent, assisted living, memory care, all of that information is uh, you can obtain through the actual hard copy of the directory or you can ex uh, access it digitally. And it's very easy uh, to get uh, online through our website. And we'll definitely be sending people over to your website in just a few moments. Again, I'm chatting with Gail Nixick from Elderworks. Uh, we've been chatting a lot about the history, the mission of the organization, as well as some of the recent activities, including the resource guide uh, that our listeners can access. And we'll send people to that website shortly. Gail, I want to transition for just a quick moment to you. You are so passionate about the work that you do, and it comes through certainly over the airwaves. Um, tell us how you got started in the organization and why you're so passionate about these important issues of uh, elder care. Uh, so, gosh, it was a long time ago, Shalom, as you know. And I was a family caregiver uh, for our mother who uh, had dementia. And at that time, I was considering leaving um, a, a banking position and... My family and I, you know, had discussions about, uh, you know, what are some good options um, for our mother. And unfortunately, there just wasn't any services out there. I mean, if you can think about it back, back then, if you can just open up the telephone book, which most people don't realize what it is today and look for services, there weren't any. Um, so we just kind of like, you know, what can we do um, to have our, our mom age well? Uh, with the services, and we were able to find some home care, fortunately. So soon after, I found a passion for it, and I said, you know, I'd really like to work uh, with providers that can help individuals, whether it be uh, just because there is a memory loss or anything that could help them in their home environment or, again, um, moving to a community. Uh, so it was quite a while ago, and the services right now, there are so many out there, and I'm um, just glad that there are to help families. Sure. And what a what a great segue into, uh, again, talking about the changing dynamics over here. I know Elderworks recently turned 10, which is very, very exciting. So what's changed over the past decade? Certainly, we've been living through these past 
few interesting years where everything has changed. What's changed in terms of meeting seniors' needs from then until now? Oh, yes. Uh, Turning 10, how exciting that is. We are really just so thrilled about that. So thank you for mentioning that. You know, I think some of the things that have changed is the, the fact that we do know, and it will be a constant out there, that seniors like to keep their independence. So I think the nice thing about if they want to keep their independence and they are able to remain safely in their home, there's so many different services out there and devices and things that they can adapt to live safely in their home for as long as they can. And I think that's extremely important. Now, I also noticed that there's a lot other type of support services out there. So you might call them geriatric care managers. You might want to call them counselors. You might want to call therapists. So there's ongoing support for that individual, again, wherever they may call home. And I think that's very important. Um, I also think that uh, elder law attorneys are getting more involved and also with the constant care for uh, seniors. So they get to know their client early on, find out what their wishes are, and help them through that entire journey. Wow. So we're uh, coming to the end of our conversation as we talk about Elder Works. We've talked about the 10-year birthday, which is great. Very, very briefly, what can we look forward to in the next 10 years? Uh, You know, I just think, again, a lot of changes in technology and anything that we can do to help people connect to the different services and make their lives easier. Because, again, everyone is so busy doing things. People want to be able to go online or call someone or email and get the information that they can. So I do see a lot of changes in terms of uh, the modifications in communities. Make them more of a social model because, again, there's that stigma attached to people moving to a community is uh you know, so to speak, you know, a clinical or nursing. It's not. Uh, They make it very inviting in communities. So I see a lot of change in the design of communities to help the seniors age well. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but it won't be a complete conversation without sending people over to that resource guide, over to the amazing, amazing team at Elderworks, again, celebrating a 10-year birthday over here. How can we get in touch with you and your team? Oh, absolutely. The the best number to reach us at is 847 Four six two zero eight eight five. Elderworks website is e l d e r w e r k s dot org, and we'd love to hear from everybody. Awesome. Well, that is great. I know everybody will be reaching out to learn everything about elder care as Elderworks continues into the next decade and beyond. Gail Nixick, thanks so much for joining us. We've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So uh, we are we always talk about what's going on in the business world today. And certainly for so many of our listeners, if you met with your employees today and you asked them, they knew what their job entails. Certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of folks would certainly nod and head, hands would raise in affirmation. But our next guest talks all about the why. And he wrote this amazing best-selling book. It's called Delight Your Customers. And uh, our guest, Steve Curtin, is a globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership. He was ranked fourth by Global Guru in the annual listing of the top 30 customer service experts in the world. Um, lots of experience, which we'll talk about. Um, the, uh, the, his new book is called The Revelation 
conversation, inspire greater employee engagement by connecting to purpose. Steve Curtin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's an honor and a privilege. So Revelation Conversation, what inspired you to write this book? What experiences have you had that made you realize, hey, we've got to educate people. We've got to make that big reveal. Well, I tell you, in 2016, I uh, spoke at a leadership conference and my client uh, for that event was confident that most of the leaders in attendance, and there were 222 leaders flown in from all over the country uh, to an airport hotel in Chicago. And he was confident that most would know the uh, organization's one sentence mission statement and they'd know it by heart. And so I said, well, listen, I said, I I have an idea. Why don't we distribute uh, index cards to each of the 222 attendees? And before we start the uh, presentation, let me just ask him to record the one sentence corporate mission statement. He agreed. We did the uh, activity. We collected the cards. I went on with my presentation. Then afterwards, I went through the cards. And Shalom, I'll tell you, um, out of 222 senior leaders, there were four who were fluent in the organization's statement. That was a real eye-opener for me. Certainly an eye-opener probably for everybody in the room indeed. So um, again, this book is called The Revelation Conversation. And as mentioned, you've got this, uh, your, your original best-selling book, uh, Delight Your Customers. So is this sort of a follow-on conversation to delighting your customers? Yes, I would say it is. Um, in, in the introduction to Delight Your Customers, I talked about making a distinction between job functions, which are the duties and tasks that are associated with the job role, which is essentially possessing adequate job knowledge and having the ability to demonstrate sufficient job skills. Uh, if you could do both of those things, you're competent. But there's a third aspect to every job role, which is job essence, which is the single highest priority of the job role, and of course, I touched on that in Delight Your Customers, and I expanded on that in the Revelation conversation. Interesting. Very, very important indeed. Um, and what you're talking about is certainly something uh, we talk about here on the program all the time, whether it's uh, in business or even in jobs, uh, understanding the understanding the uh, the purpose is certainly very, very important. So I read the beginning of the book, and in that opening chapter of the Revelation conversation, you talk about two journeys. Can you enlighten, can you reveal for our listeners what those are? Yeah, the two journeys are uh, two concurrent journeys that we as humans experience really from birth, and it's the vertical journey of self-discovery and the horizontal journey of self-improvement. And the reason that I I wrote about those two journeys is I feel that there is a trend that many organizations conflate the two and have the expectation that an individual, uh, that his or her life purpose is aligned with the purpose of the organization. I see those as two very different things. I think that's an exercise in futility to attempt to align them. And I think that organizations should invest the time to articulate um, their existential purpose. Why does the organization exist? And then to connect uh, that organizational purpose to the daily work activities of their employees, that's where their energy should be focused, not in aligning someone's life purpose with the purpose of the organization. Again, I, I think that's a, a big waste of time. Absolutely. And in the book, I know you share some very interesting examples about the Mason 
who didn't see his job as laying bricks. He was actually building a cathedral or a NASA janitor who wasn't mopping floors. He was helping send the man to the moon. Um, I know you write in the book, I love this line, imagine what would happen if your employees felt this way about the work that they do. But certainly it starts with the leader. It starts with the leader. It starts with the person at the top. I know, again, Steve, um, you've had a very interesting uh, career with Marriott International, and now you're working with some big, big name companies. What does that mean to you? How do you actually pay attention to your own purpose? What, what, what advice would you share with our listeners? Well, yeah, my purpose is essentially uh, the subtitle of my book, which is to inspire greater employee engagement by connecting to purpose. So the purpose of my consultancy, the purpose of my speaking, the purpose of my writing is to connect one's daily work activities to the higher purpose of the job role. And in doing that, what you end up doing as a result is you elevate customer service quality from transactional to exceptional. And then you have an opportunity to create not just merely satisfied customers, but delighted customers who become promoters of the company. And at the same time, you increase the percentage of employees as part of your workforce who are engaged as opposed to not engaged. Steve, that's amazing. Again, I'm chatting with the best-selling author of Delight Your Customers and his new book, which just came out in May, The Revelation Conversation Inspire Greater Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. I love um, the descriptions that you put in the book and certainly as you talk about your own experience. So you talk in the book about the four questions and why they're important. I don't want to share all the secrets over here, but I always love to leave our listeners with some homework assignments. What are those four questions? The four questions uh, that a manager really needs to ask him or herself is, what is my purpose at work? What values guide my actions and behaviors at work? What purposeful actions and behaviors do I exhibit at work? And what is my team's aspirational goal? In other words, before a manager can, uh, are, can reveal the totality of a job role to his or her direct reports, of course, everybody's familiar with the job knowledge. Everybody's familiar with the job skills. Those are all included in the job description. Most employees are competent. But in order for the manager to be able to reveal the purpose of the job role, they have to think about it. They have to contemplate it. They have to ask, why does the employee do what he or she does at work and articulate that not only for their own position, but for the positions that report to them so they could have a meaningful conversation in the book that's referred to as the revelation conversation. Indeed, indeed. So uh, the book you have a lot of different approaches. Again, we're going to send all of our listeners there. Um, but what is the main thing that you are hoping um, that readers walk away? What is the main thing that they can put into place as it relates to greater employee engagement? It would be, honestly, it would be seeing the totality of a job role. Most uh, people see a job role in terms of delivery and execution. Uh, that's the job functions I referred to, possessing adequate job knowledge, demonstrating sufficient job skills. They, they, that's how they would define the totality of a job role, as opposed to including this third aspect, which is job essence, reflecting the single highest priority of the job role. Uh, that's more about meaning. It's about purpose. It's about contribution. 
And I think once that is revealed, and that's the first part of the book, the first third is all about revealing. Um, literally, the scales can fall from the eyes and you can see a job in its totality, maybe for the first time. Amazing. Um, we are uh, quickly running out of time. And the most important takeaway, most important action item that people can take is definitely to pick up a copy of this great Read the Revolution conversation. Inspire Greater Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose came out May 31st of this year. Steve, how can people get in touch with you and pick up a copy of the book? Well, the, the book is available at Amazon or wherever books are sold, and people can get in contact with me through my website, and that is Steve Curtin, C-U-R-T-I-N dot com. Fantastic. Steve, I um, really appreciate you sharing so many uh, bits of good advice here with our listeners. Uh, certainly, I don't want to forget the, as you said, the beginning of the conversation with starts in Delight Your Customers, something that we talk about regularly on this program. And again, uh, I know all of our listeners can find out a lot more about you on your website, stevecurtin.com, S-T-E-V-E-C-U-R-T-I-N.com. But coming after the break, we've got a lot more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, you're listening to Get Down to Business. You can always subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast app, um, on my website at shalomcline.com. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tom Arabali from healthplanchicago.com, or you give him a call, 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, his website one more time, healthplanchicago.com. Steve Curtin, thanks for so much for joining us. Again, a quick break, some headlines on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm very excited to be joined by a brand new guest. Her name is Maria Castro, and she is joining us with a fantastic organization called Love Purse. Maria, welcome to the program. If you don't mind kicking us off by telling us a little bit about the history and mission of this really interestingly interesting sounding organization, again, called Love Purse. Thank you so much. So, yes, I am the founder and, as I call myself, the CEO of Inspiration. This uh, mission was so dear to me. A friend of mine back during COVID asked me to help her collect some toiletries for women that were coming into her shelter uh, by the hundreds um, during this time. And so, basically, it was as a favor to her that I did this. And I'll tell you what, it has never been more exciting than it is right now. She is the founder of a safe haven in Chicago. It's a homeless shelter that helps both men, women, and children. But at that time, she needed toiletries. And so I did what I do best, which is to gather up all my gal pals and say, hey, let's help this woman out by collecting some toiletries and making sure that these women have what they need. And I said it was putting love on the shoulders of women in need one purse at a time. So that's kind of how it started, and now it has blossomed into almost 7,000 purses later. Absolutely. That's amazing. Congratulations on that success, certainly helping so many women in need. And we are all big fans of Nellie Vasquez Roland and the important work that she's doing at a safe haven. She's been on the show many times, and we cannot support her important work enough. So a friend of hers is a friend of ours. So congratulations on the success of Love Purse. So we certainly know that for many women, um, a purse is a status fashion symbol and a great accessory to do with friends, a nice thing on the town. What does a purse mean to a woman 
who's experiencing it's sort of that difficult situation in their life. Sure. Well, you know, and you were right to say that it is a fashion statement and it is a status sometimes, but most times it's not just a purse. It contains things in there that you would never want to lose, whether it's a trinket that your child made you, a rosary, in the case of my mother who has had that purse for 50 years and won't let that rosary go. Um, but, you know, it's just the things that are in there that mean, that mean so much to you. And so when you have to lose that because you have to run out in the middle of the night, you know, due to danger, you leave it behind and you feel as though you have lost a piece of you. And so the symbol that this purse gives women is that it's okay. You know, it's filled with so much love and so much, oh gosh, just inspiration, if you will, because it does come with a special note of inspiration written by every woman that donates the purse. And so on the receiving end, it makes them feel, certainly it makes them feel great again. It makes them feel hopeful. And that's what we want. And on the giving end, we, the people who give the purses, we feel so much love that go into each and every purse. And so it's a twofold. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So certainly filling those purses with lots of love. Um, but if you don't mind, uh, share a little bit more about what uh, is going into those purses, those items uh, that, again, so, so meaningful to these women. Sure. So everything that you can possibly think of that you need to start your day, whether it's a bottle of shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, toothpaste, feminine hygiene products, everything and anything we all have in our linen closets are what they need on a day-to-day. And so when they come into the shelter, they come in with nothing, right? They come in with the clothes on their back. Now, they don't have to worry about sharing or anything like that. Obviously, due to COVID, they couldn't. And so every single item that went in there, everything from the slippers for the shower to the washcloth, everything was so essential that I think, you know, at the end of the day, to have that back, it gives you some of your dignity back because you absolutely have everything in there that you need to start your day. Amazing. Again, I'm chatting with Maria Castro from Love Purse, amazing, amazing organization, helping women in need, um, filling these purses, certainly with some very essential items and lots of love indeed in those purses. So we're quickly running out of time, and I want to make sure we talk about uh, very briefly your upcoming inaugural gala as well as how people can help the cause. Maria, can you share that information with our listeners? Oh, my gosh, yes. So this is our very first inaugural gala. We're so excited. It will be held at the Wilder Mansion in Elmhurst. And the tickets are available on our website, which is www.lovepurse.org. We're looking for sponsors and attendees, of course. But more importantly, the name is called There's No Place Like Home because there is not any place like your own home. And so our hope is to raise lots of awareness, certainly, funding, uh, so we can continue to give these women everything that they need to start their day off and to know that they matter and that they're loved. So, yes, October 6th, it's a Thursday evening. We will be taking people to Oz because it is an Oz theme, Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. Again, lovefirst.org. They can buy tickets. They can become sponsors. Uh, but more importantly, they're just going to have a blast because it will be taking them and transporting them back to Oz with all the characters and lots of great surprises. 
Well, Maria, um, you certainly have inspired uh, myself as well as all of our listeners uh, with the amazing work you're doing. I love first. I certainly look forward to following your story. Staying in touch with you, bringing you back on real soon. But in just under a month, October 6th, um, we've got this amazing inaugural gala of this amazing organization. And people can learn more and support the cause at lovepurse.org. Maria Castro, thanks so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Absolutely. And coming up after the break, we've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you get a sneak peek of every week. These amazing guests sharing small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I've been very excited for this conversation because I'm joined by Latika Pai, the chief financial officer of the Women's Business Development Center. Um, certainly the Women's Business Development Center doing some amazing, amazing work in their mission of creating social and economic change in underserved markets. Uh, busy times we have this conversation because I know Latika and the WBDC, uh, they're having their Midwest Business Conference. Um, Latika, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Especially busy time, but you guys are doing some amazing work and I couldn't wait to educate our listeners with the important work. Um, so Latika, tell us a little bit about the WBDC, the Women's Business Development Center. Of course. So we were founded in 1986 and we were founded on the concept of what we call inclusive entrepreneurship. And we've been an integral part of the Illinois small business ecosystem for over 35 years. And our goal really is to ensure that business owners that we work with and provide no cost services, so free services to, they have an equitable opportunity to really realize economic independence and you know compete and succeed in a marketplace. So we have been recognized as a national leader in helping women start and grow businesses. And we do that primarily by delivering programs and services And we can talk a little bit more about that. But in addition to all our programs and services, the WBDC also serves a nine-state Midwest region to certify women business enterprises as part of the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. So when you really think about it, our certification footprint includes nine Midwest states. So that's Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. And we have offices and staff in the major markets of Chicago, which is where our headquarters are. We have offices in Aurora as well, then in Milwaukee, St. Louis, Twin Cities, and Kansas City. And the certification really helps our business owners compete for business at the corporate level. So, you know, companies that are prioritizing support of diverse own businesses. So we do a lot and we've been around for a while and uh, we're a very mission-driven organization. Amazing. Again, I'm chatting with Latika Pai, the Chief Financial Officer of the Women's Business Development Center. And certainly I thought I knew a thing or two about WBDC, but uh, blows me away uh, the reach that's taking place in so many states um, and certifying businesses, uh, which is great. But I know, Latika, I know a big part of how you certify businesses is through education. Can you talk a little bit about some of the workshops? 
Yes, absolutely. So as part of all the free services that we provide to business owners in low to moderate income communities across the state, uh, we provide business advising, coaching, and we also have programming. So if you're an idea, you know, if you're a business owner with an idea on a piece of paper, you can join one of our cohorts called Plan for Profit, which will really help you take that idea, create a business around it, and teach you the various levers that you need to work with to really switch from just breaking even in your business to really planning for profit. And then, you know, once you're making money, we have, uh, you know, other cohorts as you're climbing up, you know, the entrepreneurial food chain, like scale up that support businesses, create uh, generational wealth. We have programs that are focused primarily on retail uh you know, businesses like Top Shelf that help our business owners get into large box retailers like Target and uh, Walgreens. In fact, we had a very recent success stories with Sugar Bliss, which is a bakery in Chicago. And through the Top Shelf cohort, she connected with Walgreens. And, you know, it's a high volume retail growth insights program. And uh, she really used and leveraged the connections that she made during the program to really get a deal with Walgreens and her cookies are now sold nationwide. So we've had a lot of success stories with our various programs. And then because of our certification, we also offer government contracting opportunities. So we host programs like um, GovCon, CityCon, CountyCon, where we really hold the hands of business owners and walk them through the various steps on how to apply for federal government contracts, how to apply for you know contracts with the city of Chicago or Cook County. And really the goal is how do you prepare diverse business owners to tap into government contracting opportunities. So we have a wide range of programs, webinars, workshops that we host with the primary goal of really helping our diverse entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with the Chief Financial Officer of the Women's Business Development Center. And Latika, honestly, I'm inspired because each one of these stories that you're describing, uh, it's amazing. And you're changing lives, certainly through the business directly, but also through the employees and then through those communities uh, that are being serviced. And, you know, we're going to squeeze in a break in a minute. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the conference that's going on quite literally right now as you uh, at first in-person conference in a while, which is certainly amazing and very, very exciting. Um, But before we cut to break, I want to make sure that we send people over to your website because I don't want to miss even one opportunity to get people registered for some of these workshops that are taking place. So the best way to connect with the WBDC is our website, www.wbdc.org. It has access to all our programs, services, staff resources, and our interactive calendar for you to Uh, connect with us and um, sign up for any of the programs that we offer. Fantastic. Uh, Latika, we're going to squeeze in a very quick break. When we return, we'll continue our conversation. Again, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and certainly all the amazing work of the WBDC. Don't touch that dial. Chicago, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurs. We get on my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, thrilled to be rejoined in this conversation with Latika Pai, Chief Financial Officer at the Women's Business Development Center. In that capacity, Latika oversees the financial operations of the WBDC and helps further its mission of creating social and economic change in underserved markets. And uh, I know, that, again, this is a, an interesting time because literally as we have this conversation, there is a conference taking place in person at the Hyatt Regency um, where uh, it is the Midwest Business Conference. But there's also a lot of amazing workshops and a lot of amazing, amazing opportunities that are t- taking place virtually as well. Uh, Latika, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely. And in this conference, uh, and again, I know it's going on right now, and certainly uh, over the coming days, we'll share more information through our website. Um, You're hearing a lot of uh, amazing insight from leaders um, from the Federal Reserve, uh, as well as uh, business leaders from across the Midwest and beyond. What can our listeners expect if they get more involved in the Women's Business Development Center? What, what, What are some of the services and things that people can expect to walk away with? So we we do a lot with small business owners. So in the past, I would say two years, given COVID and the impact small businesses have, you know, faced uh, because of COVID, we have really focused a lot of our programming towards access to capital. So small business access to capital, as you know, is a very complex issue, and it's intertwined with, you know, other issues of opportunity. There's equity. There's regulation. And to really make headway against some of these existing changes and challenges and helping support small business and entrepreneurial growth, we have worked diligently to expand touch points with the businesses we serve. So we have created this regular cadence of less Let's Chat series, whereas, you know, people can join in on a monthly basis. The event is published well in advance, and you can bring your access to capital questions and ask us. We also provide a lot of culturally relevant educational programs and topics. And actually, one of the things that we have undertaken uh, just in the past one year, which is something really, really important is uh, focusing on digital equity and inclusion. Um, As you know, the COVID-19 pandemic really, in our mind, exacerbated the digital divide that was already present in the small business market. And it's really forced many of the small business owners that we work with to think about incremental pivots, you know, not the huge big pivots, but incremental pivots to accelerate their adoption of digital tools. And we have programming around that, like Scale Hire, where You know, we believe that small businesses cannot afford to not cross the digital divide, and we really hope to help them adopt digital tools, whether it's for online banking, incorporating digital payment platforms, or it could be anything incremental to their existing businesses, like, you know, how do you use digital platforms to include home delivery services for your products? So, you know, that's been a big focus for us. Um, we also, you know, have really, really focused on working through what I call our 13 curriculum-based 
cohorts that we offer our, our small business owners mm-hmm. in diverse communities. There's a lot that we yeah. do. I highly recommend. Yeah. You know, look at our website, look at our events, workshops, and upcoming programs. Sign up. There's no cost to business owners. We are all here to help you succeed. Perfect. And Latika, can you share your website one more time with our listeners? Yes, absolutely. It's www.wbdc.org. And you can navigate through it and it will provide you with contact information of all our counselors and how you can book one-on-one counseling sessions with them. Latika Pai from the Women's Business Development Center. Thanks so much for joining us. I know we'll have you back on real soon, but thanks for taking time at this uh, very busy moment uh, in the very important work of the Women's Business Development Center. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. Um, We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here at AM560, The Answer to Success. Let's get down to business. 